coming in the 21st, and me and Nate are going to sleep in your living room. Then we're going to go play disc golf, then get duck tattoos, then we're going to well, go over Someone's to... going to sleep in here, and the other one's going to sleep in the living room, and the doors are going to be closed with a blanket hanging down, so you guys at least have your own rooms. I don't need private... Like, me and Nate can be in the same physical room. Like, I don't need to... Like, I can look at him at night, unless he doesn't want me to. I mean, my eyes will be closed. Uh, we should probably put a blanket up. Okay, I mean... <laughs> it's the one time this apartment's going to become a three-bedroom apartment, so... Well, you know, <laughs> might as well lean one, into that. Might as well take advantage of it. You're right. Yes. Could I sleep like in your neighbor's apartment? Like, are you friends with anybody close enough where I could sleep in the their, guy their, who uh, shares room? this wall? I kind of know. I have his phone number, and I smoked a joint with him one time. What's his first name? Evan. Oh, okay. You know it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Evan Almighty. We can uh, we can pull straws to live. We can't do straws. Sleep it. Nate Evans. Nate requested no straws. We can well, pull, if we do uh, actual straws instead of coin flips, because like I can tell if someone's cheating holding straws. Well, we did. That's what we always did. We did straws for. Well, I guess it was just that one time. I think we did apartment. straws when all three of us were together, and then I think Nate and I flipped a coin. Did like an NFL coin flip. Um, yeah, for the just one. one flip, and that was it. I think so. But it was only somebody... two rooms. So <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> did you have somebody else do the flip? Or was it like, did Spencer just do it? And then you were like, all right, I guess I'll just take the small room. I think we just agreed to the terms beforehand, and then we went through with it. Hmm. I wasn't okay with it, but I had to be okay with it. <laughs> I think but Spencer, like Spencer But Spencer left, like, two months before the lease was even up. So I did move into that room. Okay. Anyway, oh, so yeah. I had a decent Realized it wasn't as there. special as you may have thought it was. Like, yeah, it's, it, I just have more like clothes a, everywhere. It's still a <laughs> like shitty apartment just altogether. Yeah, more yeah. space to yeah, make, <laughs> take care of. Yeah. It wasn't an awful apartment. It no, was it just... Was Besides that like, one time, I, wish, wish. I actually thought about this like really recently. It was when Nate and I were going to a class. It was probably like photojournalism or something that we had together. Maybe it was something else. I don't know, nutrition. But we walked downstairs, and there was just a homeless guy just passed out in the hallway and we were just like oh uh, around right. the corner yeah, around the corner right in the stairs yeah it's like what the fuck like <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. those I, hallways yeah. reminded me of that show severance because it's just like these long like very like, narrow hallways very narrow hallways where if you pass that... anybody you would definitely be brushing shoulders with them yeah yes for sure. absolutely <laughs> made me uncomfortable whenever i went over there which wasn't often uh thank god for that um yeah but uh you never invited well, us to place, were... but yeah and we were in the you very they last apartment the very last one top right corner <laughs> in the back of the entire complex the only good thing is we were within walking distance of duncan so that was like, that true was plus. yeah that makes up for it for sure that was yeah. kind of cool and i didn't and take advantage around. of that like really at all i think i went like twice <laughs> i, don't I went I'm... a lot okay yeah, yeah. but I, I, mean, I went to duncan mostly. every day before school and it was not close at all to me but i i'm that's where all my money money went. I think. Hmm. I believe. It. Imagine yeah. paying four hundred dollars in rent again. God, I miss that. Anyways, uh, I do have a trivia question, as I always do. Um, Ducky's trivia. Ducky asks a question. Yes, that's what this segment is called. Uh, where I can you, you know, scroll down a little more, Spencer? Excuse me. Scroll down a little more on the document. You might see something that I added. Oh Jesus. Um. That is going away very quickly. <laughs> no! There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, uh, man, don't appreciate I just wanted that. to make myself known. I yeah. do like the sea dog, though. That's nice. That's slugger. 
Oh, look at that. That's so cute. Oh, <laughs> wow. Anyways, trivia. trivia questions. As always, this trivia does pertain to the film that we just watched, which is The Last of the Mohicans. So hopefully you guys didn't do a whole lot of research because it comes straight from the IMDb <laughs> trivia. Um, I watched I watched this movie two weeks ago, so I'm going to be a little, a little fuzzy. Oh, wow. Fair enough. <laughs> If I know the answer, then I might not say it, because I did read the trivia for research purposes. I did not. But we'll see. When The Last of the Mohicans was first announced, this actor was supposedly attached to Star. Now, it doesn't say what role it would have been. It just most likely, I would assume, it'd be the Hawkeye role, played by Daniel Lewis. So, which actor was it? Was it John Cusack, Adrian Brody, Mm -hmm. Robert Redford, Mm -hmm. or Brad Pitt? I'll tell you, I didn't see this on the trivia, so I'm I don't know, but I'll just I'll make a guess. All actors were a lead in a film that we've all talked about on a podcast before. In the same movie? No. Well, John Cusack, say anything. Adrian Brody, the pianist. The pianist. Robert Redford, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Butch Kid, and Brad Pitt. Yeah. Babel. All episodes. Oh man, I rewatched that one scene where his wife gets shot in the skull. Just because it's Kate Blanchett. Spoilers. Yeah, because I don't like Kate Blanchett. Spoilers. She's fine. Um, I'm gonna go Robert Redford because I feel like at the time he would have been a similar age to. Actually, no, he definitely would have been older than Daniel Day Lewis at the time. But uh, I could see him. I could see him in this in this role. Same with Adrian Brody. But I'm gonna go Robert Redford. Okay. Probably see, wrong. Part, see, part of me was thinking Adrian Brody. But when did this movie come out again? Was it in the early 90s? 1992. So Brad Pitt would have just been kind of becoming a big star. And this would have been a good movie kind of catapult. So I'm going to go with Brad Pitt, I think. Dougie Stumps oh, once uh, again. It was John Cusack. Really? Really? Wow, we've already so been fresh weird. out of saying anything. Uh, gross. I, co- I don't blank. see him Better as like dead. a big star a in the eighties movie type thing. I think that's also mm. why they didn't go with him uh, because it would have been kind of hard <laughs> to buy uh, John Cusack as a character named Hawkeye and have the uh, the skills necessary to become a trapper like Daniel Day Lewis, but. Um, yeah. Well, I don't think John Cusack would commit to living in the wilderness for three months before this movie uh, started filming. So. Or there's probably somewhere in his contract that his sister has to be in the movie somewhere, <laughs> and they didn't want that, so they were just like, you know what, go make fourteen. Is John Cusack's sister Joan Cusack? Joan Cusack. Yes. Yeah. She just is like one of like the villagers, just complaining about all the noise that the war is causing. <laughs> just like I would prefer if she played Alice just for that one scene, but sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> they always have to give Joan Cusack the most like Karen role possible. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. Could yeah. you guys please stop with the cannons? My laundry's drying. <laughs> She's living in 2022, just coming out during the French and Indian War, trying to do laundry <laughs> with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, just like <laughs> Jesus Christ. You guys hungry? <laughs> no. Sorry. Well, for. These set of episodes for Collector's Corner the last week and then also next week and this episode, I decided to come up with like different you know, subcategories that we could all try to focus on. And last week you saw 
a uh, an episode from John called Knowing for Guilty Pleasure Movies. It was more than a week ago, but you had COVID, so let's just keep in mind that we're not completely on schedule. Okay, where, way to take the curtain, you know, and pull it for the audience, but that's fine. You you know, you're the one to do that. Uh, and I chose to go with <laughs> first time watches movies that you know because we used to always watch movies that we had never seen before. That was kind of the OG format for our podcast, and now we're kind of going into some rewatches. Some specific episodes with some movies, but I wanted to kind of go back to that format of just watching a movie for the first time and having a discussion of that. And I bought this movie years and years ago, most likely in college, and that was The Last of the Mohicans, directed by Michael Mann. Um, it's just Daniel Day Lewis, and we all know Daniel Day Lewis and his fucking acting. He loves just to go full method, and of course, for this movie. He went into the wilderness for like seven to eight months, learned how to trap, learned how to reload a gun, especially also reloading a musket while running. Uh, he learned how to do it all for this role. So, yeah. All things he didn't need to do. <laughs> Definitely didn't need to do any of those things for this role at all. No, but that's why he's Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> and we're ridiculous. those movie dudes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Ri- we know. talk about the masterpieces he makes. <laughs> we're not those method actor dudes. We're those movie dudes. I would be. Discuss. Like, if I ever acted, I feel like I could go to that extreme because it's for the role. I'd have some sort of justification for it. So, like, if I needed to, like, isolate myself like Jared Leto did for Joker yeah, and, like, I wouldn't like send dead animals to people or anything. Be weird like that, but Jared, you have to go to a. D- Jared did he do that? Just, he just what pisses me off with his with his method acting because he goes to the extremes of like where it's actually just like causing issues weird. for production. Like from yeah. Morbius, apparently he like walked with a fake limp, and he literally would do it in, in between like takes when he had to go pee, and it would take so long for him to get back. And they're just like because he would just limp, just fucking stop doing it. Yeah, he would just limp the whole way there. <laughs> and like even for like the little things, he would just I don't know, little things, act little like things. a fucking psychopath, but like with Denzel and uh, Remy Malik, and same with Joker. Like you said, or sorry, Suicide Squad. Yeah, like send like dead animals and condoms to people. Just he was a douchebag when it comes to method acting. But Daniel Day Lewis does it to where it's gonna actually serve the character. Uh, which is pretty he's trying crazy. to become the character. He's not trying to be an asshole. Yeah, I don't think he's not. He's <laughs> basically not negatively affecting anybody by going out in the woods and trying to live like this character would have. Yeah, he's so. genuinely trying to give an honest representation of the character that he's given, and he's trying to give it his all, which is like bravo. Not a lot of people will do that. I I would pick Tom's brain about um, Daniel Day Lewis because he did two movies with him. He did. Uh, <sighs> Uh, Gains of New York, and he also did some movie called like The Ballad of like Jack and Buster Scrubs or something. Oh. And that was a movie that the came out like the mid two thousands. It was directed by Daniel Day Lewis's wife. Um, but like even for that movie, it's just like a romance film that takes place like on an island. But he isolated himself on that island for the entire shoot. Lived in like a, a house with no electricity, just on the water, uh, and just would wait for the crew to come out every morning God, and man. do his scenes, and then go back to his little cabin by himself and just yeah. And he did the same thing here. Lived in the woods for seven to eight months. Learned how to trap. Learned how to do all of this stuff just for this role. Uh, that's got a fact. That's got to factor into the reason why he's won three Oscars. Because like 100%. just watching the movie, I I wouldn't have been like, oh, this man lived this life for three months prior to shooting. Like 
No, because yeah, it was just think it's another good performance that, that happens. Uh, <laughs> like, but what does come across on screen is like you can tell that this guy does seem very like naturalistic in his environment. Like he does seem like he belongs in this wilderness, uh, like, yeah, with with the tribe as well. So it, it works. But I get what you're saying is, and like he didn't, I guess, need to do this because nobody they could have had that. Joan Cusack, but they could have <laughs> had Liam Neeson come in and play this role of Hawkeye, and it still would have been like a big blockbuster. Uh, well, isn't that what the gray was basically? If you're talking Liam Neeson, this is like that's like his last of the Mohicans mm. was the gray. I, I don't understand. Very different. Very, we're talking very about Liam different. Neeson. Very, well, Liam Neeson, just because we're talking about you. I mean, the year he was shooting Schindler's List during this time. Uh, he's also Scottish. Oh, so I just insulted him heavily. Yeah, uh, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis. Kinda. Uh, he's at the right age that kind of Daniel Day Lewis was for this role, uh, and he's also in Gains in New York with Daniel Day Lewis. So I mean. Wow, I just learned a lot yeah, right there. There you go. Hook, line, and sinker. Good job. The things that happen yeah. on those yeah. Movie Dudes podcasts. But if uh, you guys are like us and you have never uh, even seen this film, The Last of the Mohicans, just a little info about it. came out in 1992. It is written and directed by Michael Mann, who has done awesome films in the past, like The Insider, which we have an episode on, Heat and Collateral, among other great movies. Um, but this movie stars Daniel Day-Lewis, Madeline Stowe, and Russell Means. Little brief plot. Three trappers protect the daughters of a British colonel in the midst of the French and Indian War. That's really all you got to know about this movie. It's got a 7.7 on IMDb, has a 93% critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes with an 88% audience score, and on Letterboxd, 3.6. So it's got a really high critical response. Audience is like, it's good. Yeah. Which is kind of how I feel about it. It's good. But it's not great. I'm a little... uh... Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll get into it, yeah. but yes, I see. I see where you're coming from there. But yeah, yeah. I, w- I would say it's it's good, but it was missing something, or it just was lacking some like, things that just you need with characters like this. Like you need to be able to care about them, and well, like you said, we'll get into it. But my I just is- felt very weird. Did you guys watch the director's cut? Is that the only one available, or because uh, that's what I watched? On, I watched uh, the one on. My, is that the director's my cut? My Blu-ray says director's okay. definitive cut. Um, and okay. so was it like an hour and fifty-two minutes? Yeah, it was around that time. It was like just shy of two. Then hours. we probably watched the same one. Yeah, because yeah, apparently this movie when he um, when Michael Mann originally uh, cut the movie together, it was three hours, and Twentieth uh, Century Fox was like, "No, thank you, <laughs> please cut that down." And he did. He cut it down to a, like an hour and 40 or something. And I guess was just unhappy with it, but it still went out into theaters. And then in the 2000s, he came out with this like director's cut. And then in 2010, he came out with like the definitive cut just on like the home media release. Oh, because geez. there was so much footage okay. to this movie. And I guess they lost some stuff that I guess Michael Mann really wanted. Um, so there are different cuts that kind of are floating around. But I think the ones that is most accessible is the one that Michael Mann wants people to see, which is the director's cut which is most likely on the streaming services and where, where you'll find on the Blu-ray and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. That explains a lot, actually, because you saying that kind of helps justify the way that I feel about certain things. You're into the shot. I mean, you it's an audio to... podcast. <laughs> and it's an audio like, podcast. it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we couldn't I see it. Now thing. I wish nope. it was a video podcast. Cause that's nope, she, is. Is. Okay. she did not walk in the room. <laughs> <sighs> Okay. Um. Um. Where were we? 
I don't know. Last the Mohicans, uh, Daniel Day Lewis, Director's Cut, Phantom Thread. Director's Cut. Yes, uh, yeah. So it's kind of got like that Blade Runner effect, where it's like you don't. Like, which version do I need to watch? <laughs> but luckily, it's pretty straightforward. It's like, all right, this is the one that kind of only exists now. Uh, kind of like what they did with the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, so for this movie, with anytime there's a movie with gray wigs and period pieces, <laughs> oh I got to just go, go into it with a different mindset. It's like, okay, wait. Let me just Google the era, the, the era that this is taking place in. I'm going to Google the French and Indian War just so I can get a little refresher, so I can understand some of the political jargon that's going on in the first act. Um, because they don't really explain much. They just throw it in. They throw you into this whole story. It's like, okay, wait, hold on. I got to figure this out. So I did have to look up the French and Indian War and remind myself of like what exactly that was uh, and how the story can take, can take place in that era. And once I did that, I was able to kind of get into the movie a little bit. But with the first half of this film... I was struggling to really connect with it and to really be like, why is this so critically acclaimed? Like, why do people talk about this movie? Because, I mean, it's got a great score. It's got good cinematography. Daniel Day-Lewis is good, but he's not like the Daniel Day-Lewis that he, you know, became with uh, Lincoln and uh, Phantom Thread and There Will Be Blood and all that stuff. Uh, this is not an Oscar-winning performance? No, he wasn't even, wasn't even nominated. This isn't. The only oh, Oscar okay. nomination it got was a Best Sound Oscar and it actually won that Oscar. Uh, so that's the only okay. thing that it got for Academy Awards. Um, but once the second half kicked in and it started to really pick up, second half I thought was great. So that was just my only thing with this is I struggled to kind of get into the story. And because there was a lot of like political jargon that they didn't really explain a lot of the context of it. Uh, I was just like, okay, having a little hard time connecting with it. But once the action picks up, it's like this is pretty fun. It's pretty exhilarating. They throw you the, uh, like, when the movie opens up, they have the text trying to explain what's going on, but I was like, it's it was one of those times where I'm expecting more text, but then the movie just starts, and I'm just like, uh, I don't know what's happening, because, like, for me, I didn't know it was the French and Indian War until after the movie. I thought it was the revolutionary, like, I thought it was taking place in revolutionary times, and that just might be, um... That just might show how stupid I am with with history, I guess, because I I don't remember ever learning. It's before. No one knows everything about history. Like I know what the French and Indian War was, but I wouldn't just expect it from seeing this. I'd just be like, oh, it's some. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to explain it if somebody asked like off the spot. But now I would be able to get more context. But yeah, I mean, the name of the war is pretty descriptive in and of itself. That the French and Indian War. It's literally they're they're enlisting militias and Indians to fight on either side of them they're fighting for either or um and this takes place it's like the french and the british are trying to acquire land and then whatever the british take over at some point and then the revolutionary area war starts a couple years later i'm pretty sure that's what fucking happened i don't know but that's kind of what i gathered from this but where yeah, was i going because when I, when I looked it up <laughs> it said like george washington was like 22 years old and he was leading some squad through Somewhere I don't remember so, what year the Delaware this takes place. Yeah. was he crossing the Delaware. I mean, he was involved with in his this, wooden in teeth and his cherry in tree aspect. Um, so this was one of those movies that I only really knew by the score because we would always play that game where we would play scores and I would try to guess what they are. And this was always one that I would hear it and I'm like. I know this, and it would take me 20 minutes to figure it out. I would have to ask Spencer or John, like, give me a hint. What's it start with? I didn't know. Who's in it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
It is definitely then, one that I had the score on repeat in my car because the score yeah. was just—it's fantastic. Gym yeah. workouts and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it is a good but, one. And I like—I typically do enjoy this period of movie, like uh, the Patriots, one of my favorite movies ever, taking place during the Revolutionary War. So this is an unfamiliar territory, but it, the characters just weren't as compelling to me as I was hoping they would be. And I just thought that a lot of the relationships or the connections in the story were just kind of vague. Like, I didn't really care for the romantic relationship because it just felt, like, forced. Like, oh, he saved me. Oh, I love him. It just And it just feels like it happened way too quick and nothing really instigated it other than the fact that he saved her. Um... And then the other Indian, that guy that was supposed to be like the villain, was it like Mongo or it wasn't something Mango. like that? It, Magua. Magua. <laughs> Mango. And, <laughs> um, I work yeah. in produce and I should have known that. Um, he only eats mangoes in the film, just by the way. But like, he just, out of nowhere, he's just like introduced as this guide and then we find out he's a traitor and then he has like this vendetta against these people and it's just like whoa dude slow your roll i i i didn't even realize you were here until about 20 minutes ago yeah so i just didn't i just didn't like the characters that much like daniel day lewis was cool and i can appreciate what went into the three months beforehand where he isolated himself like i respect that but you other don't, than that, he, you don't, uh, you don't fall in love with these characters like you do with like, like you said in the Patriot, not where at all. it's like Heath Ledger's character, Mel Gibson, and just like there's so many things to latch onto. And like you said, I really do love historical pieces like this. I'm not a big thing like Spencer said. Uh, I don't like the period pieces with the wigs and stuff, but like with the British, like you're kind of stuck with that. Um, but I do like stuff that takes place around this era in America. Um, and that was really like what drew me in, but I think what you get from it isn't really as, as as impactful as I was hoping. Like even the war sequences, I thought were almost like it gave me LARPing vibes every now and then, where like people yeah. are like play fighting because like even when they were tomahawking people, like they were just like kind of like you didn't really see anything. It just looked like you hit him, and then nothing happened. Like they fell over, and then you go on to the next shot. It wasn't. Like, it didn't blow me away in terms of the actual fighting, but the set pieces were pretty grand. Like, I thought that they had, like, the amount of extras and, like, Indians and just amount of people that they had in these grandiose shots was actually impressive. Um, but the relationships is where I think this movie does lack because you can tell that there there was more to this movie that probably would have developed than a little bit more, like, with... Alice's character with the main relationship with Daniel Day-Lewis and and the woman, the British woman, Cora. Cora, there's there's stuff left on the cutting room floor that probably would have developed it more because it does seem like it just kind of it nudged into that relationship awfully fast, Um, and then all of a sudden it's they're just in love and he will stop at nothing to he'll literally get hung to help her. It's like it just it's kind of crazy and it's a little bit hard to latch on to um, because it, it happens so fast. It is one of those movies where you just have to buy the fact that it's love on first sight. I mean, so many yeah. movies go down that trope. This movie does as well. Um, have you seen the trailer? I, I did not watch the trailer, <laughs> no. 
but I watched it. it. It's that's exactly what the trailer's trying to do. It's one courageous from man, Cora's one woman perspective. I mean, <laughs> she was about to get uh, murdered uh, in a betrayal. Uh, all yeah. of her friends died in front of her eyes, and then she gets saved by this handsome tracker. <laughs> This white, long-haired, Daniel Day-Lewis, white, yeah, long-haired, Native American, just yeah. ripped body, just comes in and just saves the day. How could you not fall in love with that person? I'm surprised his name wasn't Fabio or something. And, I mean, that speech that he gives <laughs> her uh, uh, yeah. in that waterfall scene, like knowing the fact that like she's going to get kidnapped and most likely like brutally assaulted, if not like raped. I mean, he knows that she is going to encounter this villain and he has to leave because the only way out is this like grand stunt where he has to jump through the waterfall and not like avoid the rocks like down below so he didn't have to give him that speech like no matter what stay alive because i will find you it's like holy shit i actually kind yeah. of like got chills during that scene because it was just that was, nice. it was a great scene yeah um because there was actually passion yeah, exactly. in his voice when he was saying then you finally kind of missing, bought the relationship yeah um, it's missing the lead up that led to that scene that would have given you more I mean, it was still impactful, but not as impactful as I think it could have been. That is the thing. Is just, I, I think the first half is just is it's not that strong as the second act or this is the second half of the film um, because you are just kind of thrown into it without much. I mean, usually you don't love a lot of uh, exposition, but like I honestly would have loved to have gotten like more like to know more about Hawkeye and how he uh, became part of like the tribe and stuff and how he learned to become a trapper because. There's more to his backstory that we never really got that I think would be very interesting and also give his character more development. I mean, you have Daniel Day-Lewis, you could easily do it, but I'm sure that probably was stuff cut out of like the big three-hour cut that 20th Century Fox didn't want. And same with the, the I know for a fact that um, uh, Alice's storyline and her love interest with the the other tracker guy was cut that out. That was heavily chopped. Was like heavily yeah. chopped. Yeah. Like she lost a lot of yeah. her character in the final cut. Um, there was one scene where you see them like huddled together and from there on you're supposed to remember the fact oh my god and then what she does like i forgot there was even a love story same with them yeah i completely was like why do i need to care about her you know what i mean they have that like grand romeo and juliet finale between the two and it was a very like impactful moment but also like it didn't seem warranted in a sense yeah um it kind of wasn't necessary just because like it was an interesting story element and it was a very intense scene um because i think the um the actress who played alice did a great job uh just in her performance because that one scene where i mean it's a a spoiler it's the end of the rock she loses the love of her life she dies and falls off the cliff and she turns to uh the villain and then turns back to the rock Mango. and it's just all in her face. She does no dialogue. It's just a kind of like a slow-mo shot, but you just see it all in her face. And then she does, she just leaps off and kills herself. Um, yeah. But just like a performance was really great, but she just doesn't, she's not given a lot in this movie. And I think that's where I stem to Daniel Day Lewis because he is fan. He's a fantastic actor, but like, I honestly challenge you guys to try to think of a worse performance. And it's not that he's bad in this movie. It's just that the material that he was given didn't make him excel the way he normally does. Um, yeah, but he's still great. I think, but like, what I think other he was handicapped a exactly. little bit yeah. by what the character's motives inevitably end up having to be, which is I have to put everything on the line to save this woman. Um, he he doesn't really have any ties to the to the British army or the militia, which I actually like. I like that he he's like the one guy that's like I'm not fighting for you guys. Like he's fuck you, the, I'm gonna the, the hot woman. Yeah, <laughs> he's in it for the love, and I'm gonna take the general's uh, daughter, which is like I love that. Um, 
but I, yeah, it's there's just there's a lot missing there because he could be this like really cool grandiose character, and he's still the best character in the whole movie, I think personally. Yeah. Um, but, almost like a lone wolf type of character, yeah. where he's he's an outsider, but he grew up with this family, but. Yeah, which is a, he, which is a hook for me is because it it is it is I get not off putting but it's strange to see this obviously like obviously white man fighting with the with the uh, with the Indian people it's like the last which, samurai mm-hmm. with Tom Cruise yeah yeah but that's way more yeah. off putting this this is this is different because this I'm pretty sure this is the, this is part of the true stories how like took him in and stuff like that like that's actually this is what happened so then um, I, I just kind of wish that we got that backstory. Um, yeah. with the first act. Even if it was like a back, a, uh, a flashback or like say they're laying in a field and he's like, she's like, oh, like how'd you come to be? Yeah. And he tells a story, like something just to give us more of a, a backstory into why we need to care. But instead we kind of got like, like the colonels talking about the war and we also had that general or major Duncan Hayward, I believe, uh, who was in love with uh, Cora, but obviously he lost him. out to the fact that Daniel Day-Lewis is there and is just like, you know, outshining him in every step. Hated him. Yeah, but like... Of, uh, yeah, his character... The Caribbean vibes from him with... He, he's yeah. like the... the I forget the guy's name, but the one who's trying to marry Keira Knightley, and then yeah. Orlando Bloom swoops in, and he's like the Daniel Day Lewis of this movie, where he's like the way cooler kind of kind of guy that takes him over. <laughs> but yeah, um, what I actually so what I really did like about this though, because um, you do have the love interest, uh, and the, this is honestly like I would say first and foremost, this is a romance film. Like it, mm-hmm. it's a war film. It's a war That's romance film as, for sure. As well. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I mean, Braveheart yeah. was kind of marketed as a romance film as well, but uh, if you see the movie... A lot better. <laughs> you know what happens. Um, Wildly but, better, yeah. Um, but with this, I liked that the character of Cora, played by Madeline Stowe, I liked that her character wasn't just a damsel in distress. Like, she was actually a very, very strong character that had a lot of guts and bravery. I mean, like, in, in many scenes, you saw, like, how strong she was, because... For one, she stole that gun from a dead soldier and then used it mm-hmm. to kill and defend herself. Uh, she stood her ground against Daniel Day-Lewis in one scene. I was like, okay, shit, like, she's serious. And then um, there's another scene where she's, like, shielding Alice from all the violence, but she is just locked mm-hmm. eyes on everything that's going on because she has to be the one that protects Alice in this situation. So I, I like that she just wasn't a damsel in distress the way that you typically would get with these types of movies. Um, you could see the like why Daniel Day Lewis probably likes her so much, like his character, because she's like, oh fuck, like she she can stand her ground. Um, mm-hmm. so that was kind of an it's also aspect. The, the scene where she uh, she tells I think it's the guy's name is Duncan, wasn't it? The British guy who's like very much about yeah. his uh, his Duncan honor Hayward. and his his, wants his to marry duty her. to to England, and she's like, you know what? Uh, this is my final decision. No fucking way. And he's like, oh, well, that's how it is. All right, and then walks out. And that was that was a great moment for her character. That made me respect her a lot. Yeah. Um. Because he was trying to talk her into it previously, and I was like, "Dude, fuck off!" Like, God, I hate that type of shit. <laughs> yeah. I hate those type of characters. They're like, "Oh, your parents would want want you to do it." She's like, mm, "Fuck that." This movie is beautiful to look at, and it gives you some iconic set pieces, like when that fight breaks out towards the end, when they're walking through the forest and the tall grass and whatnot, and then you just hear the. Like all from the sides, and it just more and more keeps happening. That kind of gave me chills because then it just yeah. that's how you'd imagine like a fight starting. 
But something that killed me during this movie, one, was some of the scenes were so dark, I thought something was wrong with my TV. Because there were some scenes where, like, they were, like, towards the beginning when he first saves her and they, like, have to hide out overnight and they're talking. There was a solid three or four minutes where I don't think I saw anyone's face on the screen. It was basically just black. And I was like... Yeah, that was... uh, It was was because of the authenticity that Michael Mann wanted for the movie. I mean, you can feel it on screen. I mean, just with like the costumes and the locations, yeah. the set pieces, um, everything about like the technical aspects really immerses you into 1757. But yeah, like the DP used natural lighting. Like there's many scenes where there's just fires on torches and that's the only source of light that you have. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I mean, on my Blu-ray on the 4k TV, I definitely noticed, uh, that, at times it's like okay, i can hardly see what's going act. on <laughs> this is interesting i mean and it, it just kind of pulls you out just because if you can't like see them like you, a lot of emotion goes through the eyes and the face so you don't really get that and then another thing that just kind of weighed the whole thing down was just this dialogue it just felt like very static by the book war dialogue like in those sequences and then when it came to the romance it felt like one of those romance books that you would hear and the dialogue like i'm gonna save you that thing in the cave that felt authentic because i feel like daniel day lewis was actually like giving it his all where he's like i'm gonna come find you and all that that was cool but other than that i was just like all this war jargon and it didn't have personality it didn't feel like fluent like for me like i i'm gonna keep comparing it to the patriot but like in the Patriot, there's the whole opening scene where the dad just walks in. He's like, he knows the sons see the mail. He's like, so what's in the mail? And you just have that family camaraderie. Where in this, you didn't really have that. Like even Daniel Day Lewis and his brother and father character, they didn't share a lot of emotion or anything like that. So I just felt distant from all these characters. I think there is some there's some good moments even with like the the generals and stuff like I actually like the uh the moment between the two like commanders when they have to kind of like mm-hmm. meet up and talk about like 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 the English commander knows like they're screwed because they're not going to get help from that other fort from commander Webb I think or something I think his name was maybe commander Cook or I don't know. Uh, it was Webb. Webb, yeah. yeah. We're not going to get help from him. They're they're like building these trenches to get there, and then the mortars are basically going to just destroy them. Um, so I actually kind of liked how a character who seemed like he was really stubborn actually changes his his tune, which I guess I mean technically that did happen historically, so it was going to happen regardless. But I actually like the moment where he's like, you know what, like let's let's save our asses and cut our losses. And, but you know, I, I see I see your complaints. Um, and that was a good conversation between the two generals, too. It felt yeah. authentic because in, I feel like in a lot of movies, someone would surrender and they would portray the other side as like almost another antagonist where they're just going to be nasty and whatnot. But no, the French, they knew they won. They had no reason to be hostile at that point. So, yeah, let well, them gather their stuff and leave like give them some time so it felt like that would have actually taken place in that period instead of kind of heightening it to just for the effect also that's just kind of how it was back then like in terms of like just the fighting styles and the negotiations and whatnot like that's how they, they 
Yeah, it was it was weird, and like also they were it's very true to form with these British soldiers who just stand there and die. Like that's just how they fight. Even the Revolutionary War, like they still even in the Civil War, that's how everybody fought. Just stand there and take it. It was like your form of duty to just point, shoot, get shot in the head, and that was it. Like, and then those natives are doing their guerrilla style warfare, and that was what I liked about them is they're just hiding in the woods and they're chanting and just doing their thing. So. I don't know. I I think that scene where they do attack the British when they're trying to get out of there with their guns was was pretty cool. I think of all the scenes in the movie, that's the most impactful because everything kind of culminates with Daniel Day Lewis's mm-hmm. character as well, where he gets to kind of save the day and do his things. A lot of slow motion and this is the, the general gets what's coming to him. Like the the tall green grass and then like the Native Americans come out from the woods on either side yeah. and start attacking them. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's the best scene in the movie, in my opinion. I mean, it's it's all kind of leading up to that, and you know, it. But I when think all the opening done, fight was pretty nice too. The ambush, like when when yeah, when they're first like sure. the sisters yeah. are being let off, and then Daniel because you get the Brits, and then you get the Native Americans, and then you get the Native Americans, but then with Daniel Day Lewis, so it's just like it was crazy how the Native Americans would like. Uh, with Kagu, Magu, goddamn, Magua's character, when he kind of just like broke the line and then just went back and casually tomahawked a guy in the neck. Yeah. And no one seems to react to it at first, which was so strange. Yeah, but, they're still marching, like, oh. Like, oh, that, no, no big one deal, should I guess. stop him. Which, he, he does have know. a really good line in the ambush, like right before the ambush, I believe, as in, uh, like, he was speaking in his uh, his native language. And he was asked about, like, if he knows English. And he's like, oh, I know the English very well. As in, like, (laughs) the English. (laughs) And so, like, that was right before he ambushed him, too. So I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I wish we got a little bit more development with his character. uh, Because he does, I I believe, what was the British colonel? He murdered his entire hair. family or something and that's why he wants the revenge uh, yeah and he i think that's the, how it literally cuts yeah, the biggest his fucking heart <laughs> and is like before i put this knife in you just know i'm gonna wipe out your entire seed so like everyone will be dead in your family and just cuts his heart out and like rips it up he rips it out really fast too it's like okay i think it would take a little longer to get a heart out but he just yeah <laughs> rips it out. i was like shit that's pretty intense but yeah the, yeah like the the warfare scenes was was really well done uh because they really stuck to the authenticity of the time period. I mean, they got historians to come in and basically and, and teach how to like, um, and do the style of combat. Um, yeah. same with the military, they came in and helped, uh, train on how, uh, to survive in the wilderness. I mean, they usually, they got people who used to train pilots. Like if they crashed in the wilderness, like how they would survive. And that was based on native American, um, uh, history and like how they would be able to, like pull it off. So it was, I like that they were very authentic to the the era in this movie, despite the fact that like the 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 natural lighting kind of was annoying. Uh, but yeah, I'm like squinting. Like, is there someone on the screen yeah. or like? But is I, mean, this I, I can still really sure. appreciate what Michael Mann was trying to do with this movie and, mm-hmm. and what he actually was able to achieve. Because I guess he got he got was so invested in this movie uh, as he learned in the special features. Uh, commentary apparently he would have to do like 20 takes of every scene and finally like the the studio sent a guy where his only job was to stand behind michael mann and be like 
all right, that's enough. Let's move on. <laughs> because he just wouldn't want to keep going. Because, oh like, I guess God. he was so meticulous. It just felt like if a lock of hair was, like, over Madeline Stowe's eyes in the wrong way, like, he would have to redo the scene. Or He was kind of like a David Fincher in that aspect. As in, like, he just uh, wants greatness. Uh, and Daniel Day-Lewis, I mean, he loves that type of directing anyway. So, like, that's, you know, he's all for it, I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, I, that's on brand for him. I do like that. And I think the technical aspects of this movie really outshine the story. Um, because yes. the story is very like you know it's Pocahontas in a sense it was just like eh, okay yeah. like we've seen the movie before it's like yeah just I'm madly in love we'll do anything to protect but uh, there there are some really great scenes sprinkled in throughout I think I think they took a story from history that was somewhat interesting. It's it's actually cool because it's like a slice of life within this French and Indian War, which they could have focused on that, but instead they focused on this more kind of just like heartfelt, uh, intimate story that they created within it. That I think it did it did lack a lot of things just due to how much they probably cut out that would have made it more interesting and given it more feeling for the audience, like. I think where the movie does lack, dude, is like you guys say there's like these these grandiose like fight scenes and stuff. I just don't think the fighting was very good for a movie that's rated R. They it was the bloodiest thing was him ripping out his heart and you didn't well, even like, really see it happen. I mean, yeah, like I, I'm not really expecting like a saving saving Private Ryan type deal with the gore <laughs> and stuff, but like what uh what this movie had at least with just like like the weapons they were using and like how they were taking down enemies that has like they always were going for the arteries, so it would just like would just stun them and they would just, like, just bleed yeah. out, so they can't do like the next move for them. Uh, sure. so that aspect, uh, was interesting. And also like with the, the muskets, like reloading and everything. And the fact that he was sprinting up like a, a rocky hill while reloading this musket. And he even has access to the long rifle, which was like new technology at that time. And he was like yeah. a marksman at it. Like that was his character's like, kind of like power in a sense was like, he was this expert marksman that could get anybody from like any like vantage point, like through the woods and everything. So that was kind of interesting of his character, but in terms of like yeah, like the the gruesomeness of it, and I even the way some of it was shot, and like it was a very wide shot of all these extras. So you can tell if you look in certain areas, you can see where some stunt actors are kind of pulling their punches a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that was sure. just due to also sure. yeah, the wide shots. But and also you can just maybe take a step back and be like, okay, well it is kind of cool that they have this many ex- extras dressed in this era, like going at it like this, and it's. It's pretty cool, but it is lacking, though. I mean, I absolutely agree with yes. It's yeah. It's not as good as it probably could have been. The set design is amazing because I I did read that the uh, the fort Fort Henry I think it is they spent like six million dollars on building that set and oh, it sure. it it showed because it was a beautiful set because a lot of the film does take place there um, internally and then outside of the set looks really cool as well and they blew it up and did a lot of cool stuff so. Um, there's a lot of positives to be said because you really did feel like you were in that era. I just think when it came to the actual fight scenes, there are a lot of good ideas used, but when it came to the close hand-to-hand combat, it almost took me out of it just a bit because it just didn't feel genuine at some points. I think it may have been in the top 10 of that year. Like it made a good amount of money for Oh, probably. uh what this movie was because I mean nowadays if this movie came out, I mean, it'd be like the last duel. I mean, it would make like 2 million dollars opening weekend. The older yeah. crowd is most likely going to go see this movie opening weekend and they're hesitant to go out to the theaters nowadays anyways, so it's like Nowadays, this movie wouldn't do too well in the box office, but at the time in 1992, it did pretty well and the Day Lewis rate uh, fresh off of his Oscar win for uh, My Left Foot. My Left yeah. Foot. 
Um, but yeah, after it's this, I kind of just chose to do character pieces that just had very Which strong Which is characters. what he's best at, because he, he, in a sense, is doing that in this. He's playing a real person. He's playing a character, and he does... It, he stands alone in this film amongst everybody else. Like, he really, really does. But I, you're right in saying where, but com- compared to his other performances, like, it's crazy that this, this doesn't even come close. Because that's just yeah. how fucking good he is. He's, it's, he's it's, incredible. it's unreal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the eight months of learning how to become a trapper, I mean, didn't necessarily pay off because of the cutting room floor of the film. He but. didn't trap a single thing in this movie, by the way. Just, just so you know. He's a trapper, but they don't trap any animals. I think actually but, he shoots one deer in the beginning. Didn't he do that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, it, and they, they like say a prayer or something. Like, yeah, that's like the opening it. scene or something yeah. like that. But he's also a good uh, tracker. You know, sure. saw that he like the moss was kind of like yeah. freshly scraped off that rock. He's like, ooh, I know where this yeah. guy was. We can't Fresh use horses because they'll track us from fire. Miles. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So final thoughts. And a grade for The Last of the Mohicans. Uh, Nate, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, so I, I, it might have sound like we ragged on the movie a little bit, but it was it still had a lot of good things behind it. I thought it was visually great to look at. Um, and, of course, that score is going to stick with me now. I'll never forget it when I hear it. But I still enjoy a good period war movie. It's just... It's, it's nice to, like, see different representations of our history Uh, not necessarily us directly but how things would have could have changed the world um and this was yeah daniel day lewis being like huh i have an oscar let's go play in the woods for a little while until he got serious again but uh michael mann went on he did heat right yeah, he did Heat right after this. He did, yeah, did that in '95 or something oh, like I that. Think he so, the Insider right after this, which was that Russell okay. Crowe Al Pacino movie about the cigarette industry, yeah. which was a great film. We have an episode on mm-hmm. that. But yeah, yeah, and just they went on to bigger and better things. But yeah, I still had fun with this movie, so I will give it a three and a half out of five. Oh. Um, I don't see myself needing to watch it again, but it had a lot working for it and i didn't i enjoyed watching it like i was glad i did okay yeah that's actually not Um, not a bad grid i actually was maybe expecting you to be a little lower but um okay it's daniel day lewis so so it it deserve it warrants some credit like on top of that just (laughs) if it was john cusack i might give it a two out of five (laughs) i wouldn't even grade the movie i would probably would have never watched it to be honest (laughs) Um, (laughs) because daniel day lewis is trying to forget about it's a yeah yeah, he's a big selling i forgot we didn't say anything wait didn't we like that i don't remember yeah we did okay okay. yeah i liked it a lot i think we gave that a high a very high score from what i remember higher Um, than this yeah oh 100 um for me i'm i'm right there honestly like i I don't know what it was, but since it it's the first time watch for all of us, right? Correct. I believe. Yes. yes. That's the category yes. of this episode. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I love films that take place in this era. Um, I think that a lot of things were done well. Set pieces, the music, again, is iconic. Daniel Day-Lewis is the best part of the movie by far. There's some elements of other characters that I did like. I just wanted more of them. Um, I would have liked to know more about... Uh, the guys he was fighting side by side with hit the other Mohicans because he is the last of them. Um, we don't really get to know all that much about the other two. And just just to know more about 
this era. Like, I don't know anything about the French and Indian War. So if it kind of gave us just more insight into it to make me care more about the conflict that was going on, um, that would have been nice as well. So I think there's a couple, quite a few missteps with this movie because for some reason it does focus on this love story, which is ultimately something just used to make you care more about this historical conflict that happened in the first place because this is that that's the one part of the movie that isn't real and i think it's lacking a lot so i think i think i'm gonna go three and a half as well i maybe it seems high but grades yeah i think again like there's a lot of good stuff here but it's just in the end it does feel kind of hollow there's a lot missing that could have made this a really good movie like it could have been a great film and it in the end it ends up being just a good movie so um the only reason I might revisit it is just to, like, maybe in another viewing, I'd be like, okay, I'm trying to find a few more things that I like, but I think I might come out with the same thoughts. It's good. It's not great. There's a lot of things you can appreciate about this movie with the authenticity to the era. The directing is good. The technical elements, I think, are just fantastic here. Um, sure. And you, you have a Daniel Day-Lewis giving a performance that you don't typically see him do. I mean, we had yet to see this this performance uh it was still kind of cool to read about how like method he went for it still um and it, it works i mean i'm sure if we all rewatch it we can kind of pick up more of uh what he really brought to this role um but yeah i mean th- there was stuff that i did really like about it there were scenes that were i thought were great just overall it just didn't necessarily connect with me as much i was as i was hoping uh because it has all that critical acclaim I mean, i've been hearing about this movie for years and years years uh, and it's got michael mann daniel day lewis it's like okay 93 percent around tomatoes fuck yeah check this out and the score been listening to the score for literally like five or six years now uh because it pops up on playlists yeah. all the time and it's such a powerful and fascinating score and it what is james newton howard no it's i forget who exactly it is i i would have told you it was um hans zimmer like a week ago but it is yeah. actually Trevor Jones and Randy um, Edelman. Okay. Uh, but cool. what is funny is though in, in this movie they play that score, that theme, like seventeen four times, hundred times. It yeah, plays they do. It's not a, in different, in it's, different, in different. Dude, it's yeah. not speeds. Midnight Cowboy level, but it's up there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's like, not exactly <laughs> Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> it's, it honestly kind of is yeah. at the same time. It's no, they play it, it, it all the time. It, in this movie and every time they did I'm like okay it's great actually it's a uh, okay, uh, it was an Irish hymn that they found uh, in a previous piece of music and they got the rights to it and they kind of just twisted it into different versions um, so makes sense um, it, I the song it. did exist that before this movie didn't bother me at all yeah, yeah it was cool but anyways yeah this movie I mean you could definitely really you could definitely appreciate it but it's just it, it's not as impactful I think as uh, other movies of this time era so I'm gonna go three out of five it makes it to fresh. <gasps> Wowzers. But, like, I am in no rush to really watch it again. Uh, I have me the Blu-ray. Either. I, You know, maybe in 10 years I might pop this back in if I'm doing a Daniel Day-Lewis marathon. Who knows? I don't what know. What would you be more likely to watch first? The Last of Mohegans or Knowing? Knowing. Now. Knowing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'd watch Knowing. For me, yeah. I've seen it so many times already. Yeah. So, But, like, I would watch yeah, it's just more fun. <laughs> any other Daniel Day-Lewis movie over this right now. Yeah, I've been wanting to rewatch There Will Be Blood. Like, never seen it. Yeah, The Patriot's amazing. If you've never seen it, go watch it. It made me cry in the middle of my history class in high school. It would be interesting to like compare and contrast, like doing a double feature of The Patriot and Last Mohicans. 
You'd have to watch Lost Mohegans Higgins first because historically it happened beforehand. But yes. Yeah, and then you watch Avatar afterwards, and it's like 3,000 years later. <laughs> yeah. always do that. History, past, and then future. future. Yeah. Um, but this yep. movie was on HBO Max. I don't know if it is anymore. It's a new month, so they usually take it's a not. bunch of movies I off. Had okay. it on, it's not. I had to rent it on Apple. Um, for I think I got it on Prime. Okay. Well, yeah, either or. You can find it if you uh, if you want. We liked it. <laughs> we didn't love <laughs> yeah. it. I also need to see yeah. In the Name of the Father. I heard that he's fantastic Same. in that movie as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should have picked In the Name of the Father. <laughs> but we don't own it on Blu-ray, so we can't do it. That's I not mean, the show. Yeah. Um, this is Collector's Corner. So. But, yeah, speaking of Blu-rays and Collector's Corner, we are back to Nathan's picks next week. Good Whoa. old slugger. The, the hard there. Nathan. Um, yep. His category was non-criterion because so far he had only picked so anything else <laughs> for his episodes uh so he was challenged to go to Wait, his that's actually massive really blu-ray collection <laughs> that he actually owns that you will never hear from um but he had to pick a blu-ray and uh what movie was that well i picked a film that i've only seen one time and it is a road that I wouldn't normally go down, but it's uh, in the road of biopics. Um, oh, Ray. We, we have no. an episode on Ray. Never go and listen we to do. it right now. We, we love Jimmy exactly, yeah. we've, we've had this show for so long, I don't remember seeing any of these movies. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, but uh, the movie I'm going with is uh, Chaplin. Um, oh, yeah. That's directed right. by Richard Attenborough, I believe. Daniel, uh, not Daniel Dewis, uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, portraying Charlie Chaplin, who's one of my favorite people in all of history. Um, and, isn't and I love all of his this? films. <gasps> Where's it Tomei? Uh, God, I hope so. Oh my God. Please. Not off the top of my head, but <laughs> she could be. I don't know. It's been like four years since I've seen it. I'm checking. But yeah, Chaplin, Chaplin. It is. Black and yeah. white movie, or is it not black and white? Nope. Oh, it's not. It's not in black and white. Okay. But it's a good yeah, portrayal of Chaplin's career and life. Oh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> but I will be cracking open her. the Blu-ray, taking the wrappers off and everything. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to do that pipe? live? Maybe. Are you going to uh, the plastic? If you, yeah. If, you, if you're willing to okay. do it. Yeah. Put it I on a story that, at least. Yeah, Just I'm put in. a story of yeah. you perforating I'll clip out the audio of that. Yes. And I'll do that. Okay. Watch. You ready? Okay. <gasps> Can you sniff it for me? Uh, I love just basic Blu-rays. Nothing better than a fresh Blu-ray with no slipcover. Any, oh, any special it. features on that bad boy? Um, you want special features? Go fuck yourself. Oh nope, <laughs> that's not what it says on straight on the disc. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, we're coming up on a new right. poll pretty soon here. So uh, if you want us to kind of go and do some uh, specific categories again, suggest some. Uh, Moviethon, we're talking to you. Um, or if you just have some picks that you want us to you know check out and do an episode on, let us know at our Instagram at those movie dudes, not Twitter. If there's a single person listening that wants to re- recommend a movie, it's very likely that within the three of us, we have it on Blu-ray, especially and if we it can came do an out episode in the last thirty years. There's a good chance. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. But so if that, you but if you're thinking with me, films. you can add another thirty <laughs> yeah. years beyond that because I I Minimum. do own. If you, have, like, yeah, if you have a criterion in mind, Metropolis. guarantee throw out like two titles. Nate will own probably both of them. So he either owns it or he will go spend forty dollars <laughs> yeah. on it. Just he will for go you. buy. Like he I will. will do that. Yeah. yeah. If someone recommends a criterion, I will drive to Augusta on my day off and, and I will video buy the film <laughs> and tag them. That's like an hour drive for for content. This is that's for not, you. No, that's, that's close. You're okay, no. Don't dare movie like an hour and a half there. (laughs) Be careful. He will quit his job to go buy this. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. No, we're getting in. I I have too much debt. I can't. I can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I can't do that. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Go check out Chaplin. It is on HBO Max. And check out our podcast feed next week for our thoughts and discussion of Chaplin. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Mainstream boys. Toodles. Toodles. guys out there have had problems with male pattern baldness please please help me